three, two, one. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Daniel, did you know Cody CC is going to hit free agency, but he might come back to the Leafs? Wow. I'm that's, excited to see that's that. That's just depressing news on my Is that end. the most Because he lives right today? free in my head. Cody CC lives right free in my head. That's all I'm saying. Oh. Um, Mike, right, you won't listening. regret that tweet. Mike, if no, you're someone mentioned that. I don't know who yeah, mentioned that. Yeah, though. it was Mike. Yeah. Mike. Was it Mike? Mike keeps, Mike keeps telling it, me. I, I don't know. Whatever. Or was it the third face on this call? Oh. Hey, yo, reminder that the cup got awarded since the last show, and we're already talking about the Leafs to start? No, no, no. Was, like, was we didn't mention Devin Rodriguez. I'm pretty sure that's the only thing, only Leafs thing I actually have uh, to bring How's up. How's that qualifying so. offer going? Um, but no, if you're watching, you would have seen it at the beginning. If you're listening, you have now heard his new voice. Adam is back partially. It's, He's more it's, mad than machine now. <laughs> I'm a million dollar man. I have so much stuff in my mouth. It's not really new voice. It's just a more kind of clamp down version i yeah i'm not gonna do i can't do the whole show today um but it's more of a test i'm gonna try and come back full time for this sunday and especially for the draft and that because that's such an important show um but yeah they're still swelling my mouth i do have looser bands but it's still like i still can't do anything it's pretty brutal but yeah i'm back have you started yeah have you started eating pancakes because i know that Um, was coming See, the problem is, is so I saw, I got my Lucia bands yesterday. Yeah. And um, before that, I could barely open my mouth an inch, so I couldn't get the pancakes in my mouth if I wanted to. Um, when I get back to Montreal tomorrow, I will definitely be eating pancakes and crepes. Beautiful. Or, like, I tried to cook crepes, but I couldn't, so it's more just... And even when I eat, again, I can't chew, so if I have, like, a crepe with cheese on it, it's more Ooh. you rip off a part, you try to flatten it out, and you just kind of, like, slid it in, like, when you're putting a disc into a drive. It's, uh, <laughs> it's been kind of rough. It's, don't, I haven't chewed anything since September 10th. Wow. And it's October tomorrow. <laughs> like, don't, it's, it's rough, guys, it's rough. Yeah. Wow. In a future day, maybe on the show, I'll say more, because it's a bit hard to talk now, but it's... <clears throat> Happy to be back. Happy yeah. to be back. Well, we're happy you're back. We are happy. I'm pretty excited. Um, I don't know. If you see this on the YouTube, you could see all of our smiles. Yeah. And mine very, very swollen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess Adam brought it up. Uh, since the last time we recorded, the Tampa Bay Lightning are Stanley Cup champions. Woo! Victor Hadman. Yeah. Victor Hedman, obviously Conn Smythe, so I'm going to let Adam go uh, with the Victor Hedman is the best talk. Adam, tell us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he is just um, – against the Blue Jackets last year was really proof of just how important Victor Hedman was. And, I mean, it was example here. I mean, 10 goals, um, being right at the top of goal scoring. I think Joe Pavelski may have overtaken him right in the end, but what he was doing as a defenseman – 
he never had one steel partner. He, he was either, it was like Ruta, Bogosian, it was a revolving door partners for him. He played with everyone. He was elite. I know people were saying Braden Point got robbed, but I mean, there was a reason since before I got my surgery, I've been on Victor Hedman's bandwagon. He's the best defenseman in the league. He's a top five player in this game. And I'm so, I was so happy he got the COD spice. I think it was totally deserved. But again, Tampa had like four guys who could win it. And you'd probably yeah. be okay with it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's true. Like who literally anyone could have, could have won it. Blake uh, Coleman, my pick. Not Blake Coleman. Like there was oh. f- four players at the end of the day, right? Vasilevsky, Cooch, uh, Point, and Hedman were the four guys who who could have won it. And and I think I picked Braden Point, and I was pretty set on Braden Point for most of the playoffs. I, I feel like if he didn't get injured or if he wasn't out those few games, we would be having a different talk. But at the end of the day, like – I don't think this is the. Uh, I don't think this is the last cup this team is going to win. No, no. Also, yeah. Andre Palat. So, sorry, Daniel. But I think Andre Palat was also kind of a, a black sheep pick. He mm-hmm. so many great goals. That guy was huge for Tampa too. Am I going to have to remind you guys to stop interrupting each other? Oh, okay, yeah. this is ridiculous. Yeah, sorry, we're not used to it. Problem. Sorry, just we're too excited to like <laughs> converse with each other. Yeah, all right, go go ahead, Daniel. Just let's just keep praising. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like the Lightning, I think that arguably they have everything kind of set up to what you said. Like this won't be their last one. I think the way they've drafted, especially what they've been able to do with the late round picks and the way they've been able to really deal with the cap that they have more potential than what we saw with the Blackhawks. I, I think there's a generational talent there. And then things, what we've said, like like the way they've been able to kind of hit with those picks in the later rounds, I think that shows like a testament to the development and the patience they kind of have with this team. Like we don't hear now where – okay, yeah, they have to kind of deal with the cap, but, you know, we don't hear anything of, you know, rumblings of a fire sale going on. Mm-hmm. But how are they different? Because I look at this team and I think, okay, there's a group that they're going to have to resign Sergeyev and Sorelli, and obviously that's not going to be cheap. Um, and I look, okay, they're going to have to trade. There's For me, there's a group of four, four players, Palat, Johnson, Kalorn, and... Uh, I guess Yanni Gord. I believe I is that the guy I'm missing? Yeah, Yanni Gord. At least one, if not two, of those guys are gonna have to go. And I feel like Chicago went through the same thing, trading mm-hmm. Bufflin, trading Ladd. So what what's the difference then between those two teams? Like is it in terms of actual talent around? I think it's talent sustainability because what I saw, what they did with the first round picks was they got like Barclay Goudreau and they got like someone like Blake Coleman that they addressed certain needs about the same time. What they got was term, yeah, term. And in terms of like these players in their prime, like when I look back on the Blackhawks where, you know, they had the Taves, they had Kane, they had Keith, they had Seabrook, but what they kind of did at the at drafts and this really did hurt them was they traded high picks for guys that did help them win but they were all rentals like Anton Vermette, Kimo Timonen. Um <laughs> when they reacquired Andrew Ladd, I don't know why they did that. Um, you, know, you know what else is a little different is um 
Chicago didn't win after they had finally paid Kane and Taze. Meanwhile, Hedman got his deal. Stamkos, Vasilevsky's extensions yeah. right around there. Um, and yeah, like, and they're still Kucherov as well. Just got his deal, and they still managed to win. And like, like you're saying, those those guys, the cheaper guys, Coleman and Gujo, with that additional year, it's it's huge. It's absolutely huge for them. And um, can, can we just before we keep going, cap stuff? Mm-hmm. Can we like just mention how awesome it is to see Stephen Stamkos as the Stanley Cup champion? I was so happy. Yeah. I don't know about you. I don't know why. It's maybe it's it's a weird thing. Maybe because I jumped on that hype train back a, a few years ago on Stephen Stamkos when he when there was like Stamkos to Toronto back when I was like a fanboy, not. I'm actual like We're not smart, bad boys not, not a smart ass hockey fan, okay? Because I know everything. Um, okay, throwing, Mike. I'm just throwing jabs this episode. I really hope he yeah. listens. Um, no, but like I think maybe because he's also from Markham, that's predominantly where I've grown up as well. It's just I think he's if he was, and I hate saying this, if he wasn't injured. Like, if he didn't have an injury-ridden career, I think we're having a very different discussion of Steven Stamkos and his goal scoring. I agree, yeah. And to see him lift the cup after injury, after injury, after injury, it, it's like a sense of like, oh, like he finally got, finally got what he deserved. And I couldn't be more happy for that guy. Mm-hmm. He's such a great-looking guy. Yeah, loves his ketchup chips. Does he actually love ketchup chips? I'm still apparently, yeah, apparently he does. I know I've been just on about this in the group chat. There was a round table video out there, I forget who he was on this video with. And I swear to God, Steven Stamkos loves ketchup chips. This is a yeah, and he can't get them because they only they're not in the states, right? So if you listeners, yeah, if you meet Steven Stamkos or you know you're going to meet him. Get him some ketchup chips. But post-COVID, don't go to Florida yet. Yeah, of course. And like, yeah. get some sanitizer and just go over the bag before you go mm-hmm. him. Leave it it's like... Chip. It's a, it's yeah, a no, 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 no. No, no, no. No, not chip. Come on. We're not, we're not putting... We're not feeding people hand sanitizer. We know that's not what you're supposed to do. Um... Wasn't it bleach? Apparently, I don't know. I don't know. We're, yeah. Let's not get into it. You're gonna you get know, let's not talk we're, politics. We're gonna yeah. get angry. Adam's yeah. gonna start yelling, and then that's not worth it. No, no. Um, I don't want to. I don't want another nosebleed. <laughs> Is that what happens when you yell? Oh, again, yeah. when I can, I'll, I'll. If we want okay. in a later episode, I will okay, tell you okay. everything. It's not for the faint of heart. No, but it yeah. was. It was bad. Okay. Okay. It'd be the two one podcast after dark. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Let me tell you about nosebleeds and just blood and broken oh, jaws. The uncut, yeah. the deleted huh? scenes. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay has, and I brought it up before, has quite a bit of work to do, and I don't think Julian Breezeboy is going to have a single day off for, I mean, a while. Like that guy's got major work to do. What, what do you think? the Tampa Bay Lightning do? Because we look at the moves they made at the deadline, Goudreau and Coleman, those guys are signed into next year. And I really think, especially in Coleman, is is a very – I don't want to say he's underrated because, you know, maybe he is. But, like, that guy is a top six guy. 
Now that, that you're filling out another spot. Anthony Sorelli is a top six guy. So you got to move some pieces. And so what do you think is next for this team? I keep thinking Tyler Johnson is gone. Um, I think that was always been the one guy we've been talking about where he has been great for teams in the past of these, like these lightning iterations, but for his cap hit and, you know, it's kind of a repetitive thing where the smallest guy that, you know, he could play a good two way game, but he's just way too much for being in that, in that bottom six. Um, I think when you look at it, I think Yanni Gort stays Tyler Johnson gone um alex Kalorn, i know he plays a really good game for them but it's just another excessive thing that they're gonna have to kind of cut ties with if they want to move forward with like a lot of the youth that just keeps on getting better yeah adam um a big talking point has really been when you talk about trading these guys is palat gordon johnson i almost said johnson wrong, wrong team they all have no trade clauses, and yeah. then Lauren has the modified one. And apparently, I believe it was Dreger on Insider Trading said that, you know, not they would prefer to stay. And, man, is that not just the worst when you get in the situation of all these guys have trade protection and how many of them actually want to go? So, I mean, just based on this, it looks like Kaloran is the easiest to move. And, yeah, I, I would agree that Tyler Johnson would probably want to go because yeah, he can play center. He's a fantastic centerman. He could. This is credit to Alex because I'm going to beat you to the punch here because I know you would mention this. Wouldn't like a team like the Rangers just love Tyler Johnson? And um, I've started. And, yeah, go yeah. And if I'm Tampa, if I have to keep two of them, man, do I love what Yanni Gordon did in the playoffs? And um, and again, I was just talking. I think Tyler Pollock was just the dark sheet. You know, was it the dark sheet, the black sheep? Sorry. And it was so underrated in those playoffs. Him but I mean, mustache. again, yeah. What? Yeah. In that, in that mustache. That's why I'm trying to grow one now. <laughs> like him. But yeah, that, that's, that's my little take on it. It's probably Kalorn yeah. and yeah, Tyler Johnson. Uh, listen, all I'm saying is I've started rumors on this show. I said Tyler Johnson, I've sent him to three teams already New York, Minnesota, and Winnipeg. All teams looking for second line centers here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I agree. I agree with both of you. Like I think Alex Kalorn and Tyler Johnson are the are the guys you can move. I think what we saw in Andre Palat and Yanni Gord in the in the postseason was really was really was a really positive sign for them. I think what they can get they can get um, cheaper options for what Tyler Johnson will end up doing next year, which. Unfortunately, I think that might end up being a third line center or even a second line winger. And Alex Kalorin, and I'm not into like wherever he slots in the lineup, like a middle six guy. I, I do think you can find cheaper options, whether that's free agency or whether that's uh, whether that's through trade. I just think the salary they're making and the moves they have to make, they're they're kind of the the outliers here. I want to pose this question to you, and I'm stealing it from Hockey Central. What are the chances that both, like one one of Sorelli or Sergachev, get offer sheeted? fifteen percent. I'll I'll use the example that I think it was uh, Jeff Merrick brought up that Steve Eiserman is going to offer sheet Mikhail Sergachev. 
Wouldn't that be really funny, though? <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. It would be very Or Montreal offer sheets him. No, they're going to do Svechnikov. Is is the new thing I've seen. Oh, <sighs> man. Could you imagine? Could you imagine Montreal did it? They won't, obviously. But could <laughs> you imagine Montreal's like, yo, Sergio, come back, bud. That, that's, uh, that'd be funny. Be man, I mean, like, think about it. If Julian Breezeball has any sort of priorities here, and the man is not stupid, um, there's a reason he was the man to replace Steve Eiserman. I don't think he's going to let that happen. Or if it does, I think you match it no matter. Like, because you look at Tampa's right side, it's a bunch of scrubs. I mean, Jan Ruta, how the hell was he playing on the top pairing? That's not real. He's not a real person. He sounds like. He sounds like um, there's like an elephant dungeon boss in the Legend of Zelda game. It's called okay. like Varuta. John <laughs> is not real. He's named after a video game dungeon. You know, it's just. Um, yeah. It's, sorry, sorry. Um, no. this, their left side is their strength, and that's McDonough, another former have. Sorry, um, mm-hmm. Hetman and Sergeyev, and and again, you don't let a guy finishing top five and Selkie voting go either. So, I, I think. Right. If it happens, Tampa find a way to match it. Yeah. I, I forgot I one name, though. What? On the hmm. right side. Oh. Eric Chernak. Oh, that's not definitely not who I was thinking. No, I, I like the guy. Like, they got. No, uh, I do think. They got Ben. They traded Ben Bishop for him. No, you're right. I, I, I do think he's a useful NHL player. I'm not going to. Still pretty I'm young. I'm not going to say that he's not. I But I, I at the moment, I just think he's a bottom pairing guy at the moment like i don't know it's not sergachev no he's not sergachev no. like i don't think that i don't think if i'm julian breezeball right because i believe eric cernak's also an rfa i'm not he's not my main priority my is main priority is sergachev sorelli trading a couple guys and then eric cernak we forgot one name on the right side zach bogosian i know i know no. that guy's gonna be a leaf Shat Luke Shen. Oh. <laughs> Stanley Cup champion, Luke Shen. Daniel brought it up, not me. Just oh, was I supposed to bring it up? You, see, this you, you fellows on Twitter after the Tampa one. I think Daniel was the first one I saw say, yo, what about Luke Shen? And I think Honestly, I see that you, Daniel. I it's funny you never responded. I'm like, Daniel, can you not right now? With the I don't even think I said anything about I had show. to do it. I doubled down on Instagram too with that. <laughs> but I'll, I'll double check. I don't from, think I from a fan perspective, like you know, like 2008 was like a big year for me with hockey. That when the Leafs got Luke Shen, I I knew no matter what that guy was going to be a favorite of mine. 2008, eh? Yeah, Alex. What what were you doing in 2008? Mm, I don't know. You, you would I was have been eight. eight. I would have been nine. I so been eight, yeah, I was probably doing not a whole lot. Um, I was in like grade seven. Me, I was raising no, my young family. Stop it! I did not. I did not tweet anything about Luke. Sorry. Shane. What no, I did no. tweet was hashtag Bogo for Con Smythe. You did have a funny tweet that um um it sucks it didn't blow up about after the debate last night about. I'm so upset. 
I had some killer tweets last night, okay? Just, I think it, the one I sent Adam beforehand, I'm not a Trump or Biden supporter, and to be clear, this goes for both parties. This isn't a debate. This is a poorly produced podcast. <laughs> that was, yeah. That was Sweet. like our, that was the um, the lost episode me and you recorded in uh, my <laughs> residence that <laughs> no one will ever hear. <laughs> I think the Leafs, just, the Leafs got just the, got eliminated. I swore in the first five minutes. Yeah, it's just I have it still. It's a voice memo on it's my phone. It's a beautiful episode. There. Speaking of, it is International Podcast Day. Is so, it? Yeah, happy, I was say happy birthday, guys. Happy I was gonna say, podcast I think, day, guys. It's pretty cool. Just By saying. the way, next Thursday is also someone's birthday. When is it Adam's birthday? birthday? Maybe. Are you going to be back? Yeah, you will be, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Okay, uh, I guess we should get back to what's important: the Stanley Cup final. Our friendship, our friendship too. Okay, okay. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to say about the Tampa Bay Lightning? I think we, Daniel, by Daniel and I have said lots about the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I'll, I'll let uh, Adam go. Um, you know, there was a tweet I had, and I'm just going to try to remember it off the top of my head. You know, um, 2014, before Tampa really on the up and up, but they still had guys like Johnson and um, Stamkos. They get swept by the Habs in the first round. A year afterwards, you really start seeing what this team would become. They lose in the finals, where everyone gets hurt. Bishop's groin was in six pieces. Um, Tyler Johnson's wrist was decimated. Uh, Stamkos didn't get there to like the finals. I don't remember what an injury it was. Unfortunately, he's had so many. Then you know, in the years afterwards, 2017, what happens? They miss the playoffs because of all the injury problems. Um, but then, you know, 2018, they make it to the conference finals, choking game six and seven to the Caps, who go on to win the Cup. 60-win season, lose and completely get embarrassed by the Blue Jackets. They come back the most difficult-to-win Cup ever. Yeah. And just the mental fortitude that team has, along with all of its talent, and the fact that Julian Brisebois adapted to the loss they had and really made that team more complete. They say that um, the best team in hockey rarely wins the Stanley Cup, but I feel like we finally saw the Tampa team that has been the best in the league for the past few years finally get over the hump, and I'm happy for them. Yeah, I I I agree. agree Yeah, just no weaknesses anywhere, I felt. No. Um, let's move on to the losers. The uh... <laughs> speaking of Corey, I, I just wanted to see how you guys. I know would you were going to say that. Yeah. I just wanted to see how you guys would react to that. Uh, the Dallas Stars obviously uh, are the losers of the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, but there's a silver lining there. What is possibly the silver lining? The 2007 Stanley Cup is still the most important to Corey Perry. You know, I felt bad for him because his wife was there, and I can only imagine just how like they they kept coming to her. Yeah, and she looked stressed. Like I know we rip on them. We (laughs) sorry, mainly you. Mainly me, my (laughs) my inaudible mumbles, Um, (laughs) but congratulations to them. Yeah, they lost, but. They made it farther than any other team except Tampa. If I told you Dallas was going to be the the team to come out of the West at in October of 2019, would you have believed me? No. 
I had no. Vancouver over them, even at that time. I, wow. I did. That's crazy. The Canucks reminded me of a, a young Blue Jays team. Oh, that you know <laughs> is playing right Speaking now. Speaking of, they just got murdered by Tampa Bay. They are still getting murdered right now. The game is still <laughs> oh, going still, on. Still going on. It's still yeah. going on. It's at the bottom of the eighth. It is eight two. Leave them alone, Tampa Bay. God. Um. Yeah. I. I. I they've done. They've outperformed. They've outdone themselves. I don't think uh, Daniel and I have talked about before. Like the issue they had throughout the entire year, which was the lack of scoring, they seem to have figured out after the round robin. If you figure it out, you figure it out. Just not from their star guys. Just not from one of their star guys. Their star guys. No, I think it was like... Brandon well, wait, wait. Sorry, 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 sorry. Right, You're just going to completely pass what Daniel said not about the David, stars David. guys. Oh. His little pun... Sorry, that you know, flew over my head there. It's, okay. right. it's not as good as Braden Point. No. Well, yeah. Well, that's the point. Do you get it? Point. Mm. I could not stop re-listening to that clip. It's <laughs> <laughs> the stupidest joke I've ever made. But, like, you know, it, it is, like, I was ripping Sagan nonstop. Like, nonstop. Like, I was nonstop. giving it to him. At least he played well. Like, and he, like, some of those Corey Perry goals were a result of Tyler Sagan doing all the work. But, man, Jamie Ben and, like, his press conference was heartbreaking when he yeah. couldn't say anything. Man, the guy could not hit a net for, the net for a mile. And Radulov, invisible. And the guy just was having so many penalty troubles in this round as well. Like, And, again, you can't rely on Joe Pavelski and Corey Perry in the twilight of their career to win the Stanley Cup. And again, no. it's also very hard to win if you don't shoot the puck. That is true. Yeah, that those shots. Yeah, that's was a it great eight, point. Eight shots after what the second period? Yeah. Around there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely uh definitely disappointing on on Dallas's part. And uh, listen, and Daniel and I had this discussion uh Wednesday or Sunday. If if Dallas beat Tampa on Monday night, there was definitely an argument to be made that Dallas was going to win the Stanley Cup because oh. they have all the momentum. Tampa's now have, have would have lost two or three games in a row. It, now you're just it's a, practically a flip of the flip of a coin. Mm-hmm. It's like oh a, great, sorry, go on, Daniel. I just have a question for you guys. Yeah, if. Dallas pushed it to Game Seven, but they still lose to the Lightning. Would we see someone from the losing team win the Conn Smythe? No. no, no. Like, what is the standard now for a player on the losing team to win she, the Conn Smythe? I, I know what he's doing. I what? I know what he's doing. I know exactly what he's doing. What? I, I don't think he's make. Listen, because we've talked about it. Um, I don't think we necessarily recorded. It was being recorded, but Daniel was trying to make the argument to me that Anton Hudobin should win the Conn Smythe no matter what. But the the issue I have with it is that you have Hedman. Let's just stick with the top two guys in Hedman and Point. 
I'd pick those guys over Anton Hudobin. Like, I okay. think with, with J.S. Jaguar, and I know that's the... That's oh, the I wasn't going to mention that, but yeah. I think that's the if one... If we're going to go compare, on this, yeah. I, I think that's the one... Well, listen, don't, you don't have to say it. I just know <laughs> that's the one you're comparing it to because when you said it, that's the first name that came to my mind. The thing with that one is that he was literally so good. Like, and, yes, Anton Hudobin was very good, but I just think Jaguar was literally another level. This really warms my heart, by the way. That yeah, you guys, like, I didn't even yeah. have to mention it, and you had to say it. You said it. Thank you. Plus, Kodobin's stats in a loss were really bad. I think he's 8% percent who's under 900. Yeah, I believe what is Jake Odinger came in in game two, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, and if you think about it here, you're mentioning the top guys there. I've just quickly brought up uh, the scoring for Tampa Bay in these playoffs. Like, Trying to say, could sorry, Daniel, but like saying like Kadobin over these guys. If I read you these numbers, with his stats the way they were, is there any way you give this guy the contract over any of these three players I will mention to you? Palat, eleven goals in twenty-five games, eighteen points. Hedman as a defenseman, twenty-two points, ten goals in twenty-five games played. Braden Point, thirty-three points in twenty-four game played. How many overtime goals, by the way? Or Nikita Kucherov, 34 points in 25 games played. Like, Kucherov was, like, he was approaching, like, I think it's Gretzky's record is 40 points in the playoffs or something like that. Like, that's where he was starting to go. Good Victor mm-hmm. Hedman was going, like, like playoff goal-scoring defenseman records as well. I think he was two yeah. off the record of 12. I just – it's a good question to ask there. But, no, Kadobin was – he almost felt like he ran out of a bit of gas when the final yeah. final came around. Got tired. I, yeah. yeah, I agree. Uh, before yeah. B- before we move off of the Stanley Cup final, I just want to touch on what like what's n- next for this team because I I think the Dallas Stars are in a very different situation than the, than the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like we we look at who who they have. Like they have Rupe Hints and Radic Faxa are practically their biggest their their most important signings, and then obviously. And Anton Hudobin. Like, I don't want to take Anton Hudobin out of it. I just... Did Anton Hudobin price himself out of Dallas? Yes. That was a quick yes from Daniel. Yeah. Very quick. Sir, I I went quiet because I didn't know if you were going to keep going there, Daniel. Oh, Mm -hmm. my apologies. I should have. No, go, go, go. Me or Adam? Yes, you, yeah. you. I want to yeah, hear why. Um, I think he's proven more than enough that he's kind of shown in his career what he can do when he's given the playing time. Like we saw that in Boston. We saw that in Minnesota for a lot of stretches that this is a guy that, you know, maybe he's not going to be your 66-game kind of guy, but he's kind of someone that I think for where he is in his career, like it reminds me of a Thomas Vokun who also like – you know, going in his 30s, he was a guy that became reliable for those Penguins teams that he knew he wasn't the starter. He was kind of like a 1B, but he was someone that you relied on. I remember when Flurry was kind of having those struggles in 2013, 2014, like Bokun came in and it was like a seamless transition. And it's kind of the same thing I'm seeing now with, you know, Ben Bishop who was on the shelf and Hudobin who just came in and, you know, gave this team a chance. Right. Adam? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, when you look at the guys who are coming off into free agency who are goalies, right? I mean, has anyone really made more of a statement than Yantonka Dobin? I mean, Markstrom got hurt. He'd probably be one of the bigger names in that. Um, Robin Leonard is pretty – we're pretty sure he's going to stay in Vegas. So I'm just thinking even guys like Thomas Grice was going back and forth with Varlamov. Um, I don't exactly know how exactly like, they played when they were eliminated because I was right after my surgery. So I missed like that entire round. But uh, yeah, has he outshined himself? Yes. Um, like, uh, the biggest free agent, they also have Dennis Guriano. But then again, like I don't know how much they oh, value him because Rick Bonus never plays the guy. Um, that was the biggest Hey, I mean, hey. yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting because um, I, I think if, again, if Vancouver can work something out with Markstrom and, again, Leonard, Leonard does sign in Vegas, I think somebody could give Kadobin a very, very nice payday. And, boy, has he earned it. I want to run this idea by you, and, th- and I'm, stealing the, I'm stealing it from Daniel. Because I, I I really like this idea, and it, and it's some it's I didn't name Hudobin as the guy, but I did suggest it once before, and I was completely shot down. Um, let's we're assuming Markstrom does not resign. Obviously, in this scenario, Markstrom does not resign in in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Thatcher, De- there, so we know Anton Hudobin can be a one B, and we'll see if Vancouver trusts Thatcher Demko to be a one A. Anton Hudobin signs in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. That's it. My only issue with that and would be in this world, we're probably going to get like the top 1% are excluded from this, but contracts may be like, you're going to kind of be careful with term and number. Right. And I look at Kudobin, I'm like, man, he's 34. Yeah. So you go a shorter term, but then after the performance, well, guess what? The way contract works is you can kind of lower the AAV if you have a longer term. And if I'm Kadobin and if I'm going to get a shorter term deal, I'm going to try and ask out the asking price. I think the last thing Vancouver need right now is to make a mistake with a big contract with a gentleman over the age of 30. Because, hello, I I just want to say this now because I don't know if I'm going to still be on the episode by then. I love asking more, like the Canucks wanted more from Vertanen. And we talked about my last episode about like Erickson and the other guy, um, Beagle and um, Roussel had like seven points. And then you're like, man, whatever, Vertanen. But I I just, um, I don't see a match made there with the Vancouver Canucks and Cadogan, to be honest. Maybe, Maybe Colorado. That's yeah. true. That's true. We've we will see October 9th or we'll see before if he resigns yeah. with Dallas. Um is there anything else you guys want to say about um the Stanley Cup final before we move on? It was fun. I had fun. It was fun. Good job to the NHL and everyone involved. Yeah. They really do deserve a round of applause and yeah. to the players who left their families um to do this. Kudos that you had the heart to really Especially these guys who have been there for what, 65 days. Lots yeah. of- if you told me back in March that we'd finish the cup in October or just before October, I I wouldn't have believed you. Probably because the world felt like it was ending and yeah. that we, October wouldn't exist. We took it hard on the show. We yeah. were it was bad. It was. You know what's funny? I just I kind of realized it was a lot of arguing. 
It is almost a year, or it is about a year already. When remember when I was on a reg, I was not a regular on the show. You guys had wow, episode yeah. ten. Daniel's back, and it was back for the regular season, and we are still in the same season. And look wow. how much has changed on this show. We have a new logo. I know. We have we have video. We have sponsors. Guests. Sponsors. Guests. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. Wow. And you guys make wow. a, sorry, you guys made an appearance on the a Sabres podcast. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay. Well we'll shout that out. We'll get, we're gonna talk about the Buffalo Sabres, so we will most definitely talk Buffalo. about that. Mm-hmm. Um okay, let's move on from the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, last episode, Daniel and I talked about Le- Henrik Lundqvist most likely being bought out. They still hadn't made a decision, and now um, it is clear that Henrik Lundqvist has been officially bought out by the New York Rangers. Uh, he had one year left at $8.5 million against the cap. I'm going to pull up the Rangers cap friendly. I'm just going to name you how much they have against the cap uh, in buyouts. Just give me a, a quick second here because it is a ridiculous amount of money. It is, yeah. So next, this is next year alone. Um, it goes down after this. Brad Richards, but he doesn't have anything against the cap because that was a compliance buyout. Dan Girardi, the next three years at one point one 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 one. I think that was enough ones. The Ryan Spooner contract, which I completely forgot, got bought out three hundred thousand uh, dollars. Henrik Lundqvist. this year and 1.5 next year. Kevin Shattenkirk, $6 million this year and 1.4 for the next two years. If my math is correct, that is over $12 million. God, they're... I know we, and rightfully so, give a lot of credit to the job Jeff Gordon has done in rebuilding, but, man, there is not a – maybe the Oilers, there's not another team that actually bothers with buyouts. You know, I was joking with you guys before the show. God, maybe you wouldn't have had to do this with Lundqvist if you didn't have the ridiculous Shattenkirk buyout. I'm just and curious. Did he, who signed the Kevin Shattenkirk deal? It wasn't Jeff Gordon, was it? I think it is. I think he's been there, like, forever, hasn't he? Uh, since 2015. Oh yeah, no, he would have done. Yeah, that yeah, was like yeah, that was him. That was oh. after the uh, because yeah, I remember was. he it was, was on him. he was on Washington because that was mm-hmm. he went to the conference he finals. Got traded. Yeah, I remember. Exposed. I re- I remember that. Um, it was the Leafs caps, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the Leafs caps, but I I remember it was the year we were I I was in grade twelve, and I needed to needed a portfolio for Ryerson, and I actually wrote that was like I put it on a blog, and I'm like I'm writing about the Kevin Shattenkirk trade. It was like the first one I think I wrote. Um, mine was about the, oh, mine was about is this the end of an elite Corey Perry? And I was wrong. I it actually was. I'll send you the article. Like that's what I put in the portfolio. I like it. Yes, yeah. you did. Man, um, this is heartbreaking. This is heartbreaking. Um, is. The king is gone. Not the one yeah. from Memphis, the one from New York. Who's the one from Memphis? Elvis, yeah. Oh, Elvis. Okay. Yeah, Elvis, yeah. yeah so really funny. showing your age there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I was in high school when he first emerged. Stop it. No, you weren't. Stop it. No, you won't. Um, yeah. But what, Daniel and I talked about it, I think, 
we both agreed that it's obviously upsetting that this is how it's ending. So I'd like to hear from Adam. Man, I don't care about Gorgiev. Send him to the, the cleaners and just let Hank back up Gorgiev. I mean, like... Shesterkin. Sorry, yeah, Shesterkin. Like, you have to be cutthroat in sports. I get that. That, that kind of messed with the Blackhawks for a while. That, like, their loyalty to their guys kind of set that team back. You hope Tampa doesn't make that same mistake. But, I mean, you got to make an exception for Lundqvist. I mean, like, this it's this is the winningest goalie in your franchise's history. He has dragged that mediocre team to so many rare playoff runs. I mean, 2014, he is the only reason they stood a chance. Um, yeah. We'll stand a chance. They lost in five to the Kings. Not his fault. Um, in 2017, I mean, the guy just completely made 50 saves against the Habs in one of the games in that series. And, I mean, just, like, since he's gotten there, just the, it just leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Like, that this guy who is – and, like, I feel a very – I sort of wouldn't say this on the show, but just – I know what it's like to cheer for a team that is quite mediocre and have just, like, relied on this all-star goalie for years. And it's just yeah. – it makes me feel so goddamn angry with the Rangers. Because, again, if you didn't mess with that Shattenkirk stuff, the guy could stay. I don't know about that, though. I don't necessarily think that that's the case because they don't want to run with the three-goalie system, and I don't necessarily think that's beneficial for them either. I mean, but just – is Gordy ever – he, he's proven in stretches. He's he could be competent. Like, like he's not a, a starter. Yeah. Like I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think he's a competent backup. I, I, Adam, I fully understand what you're saying, and I and yeah. I agree with you. The only thing that I disagree with is that if they didn't mess with Sean Kirk, that they would have kept him. I just I don't necessarily think that's true because listen, they and I know it's only three million dollars. Like they only saved three million dollars. Like what? Like I, exp- I mean, with everything going on now, I I, I don't. I'm like, yeah, yeah I, but you, they but they there. they own the the Rangers are owned by they're owned it, by MSG or yeah, they, they play in the, the garden. Hell. Like they're the yeah. I think they're the team that's worth the most amount of money. In I the think league, like, yeah. they the Leafs make the most, but I think the Rangers are valued at the top. I, yeah, I thought you are, meant New are. York. I'm like, I think the Knicks are more. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> And I mean, no, but it helps that you're in the garden and it's New York yeah, City. But, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I do think, like, I just, I think this was inevitable because I don't think you're trading Lundquist. Like, who, even at 50% retained, that would take you just over $4 million, $4.25. I don't yes. think anyone's taking that deal. I not in this economy. Had said whatever and not done Jake Allen. And just be like, hey, Henrik. Yeah. Like, it would have been a terrible idea because he's like 38. But It would have been the oldest goalie tandem in the league. I would Must have be. taken it, though. I would have taken yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's long, like, those are just two good-looking dudes that are yeah. great. They're, they're both, like, like, Lundqvist is such a good person. <laughs> like, like he, that's the reason he's been up for, like, the Foundation Community Service Awards every year. And I can, like, you never name a goalie captain. And I mean, Except like, Lundquist is known for being like a sad puppy. 
Mm-hmm. But man, like you want to talk about a heart and soul leader? I think it's Henry Blomquist. Yeah. And you, yeah. you guys know me. I'm, I'm a soft. Uh, if there is a secret goalie union, I would very much like to be part of it because I love goalies. We'll create it. <laughs> no, it already exists, Daniel. I love goalies, Daniel. I want you to float your idea or ideas. There's more than one. Mm-hmm. To to Adam, I tweeted it out today. Yeah, sorry. I, uh, no, for, uh, don't worry. I was, it's okay. Uh, we yeah. don't. It's okay. I'll get, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Yeah. We know why. We know why. I want float. I want you to float those ideas to Adam. All right. Scenario A. Lundqvist goes to the Pittsburgh Penguins after Matt Murray is traded. He becomes the one B for Tristan Jari. Thoughts? I don't on hate. It? Okay. Don't hate it. He wants to win. Yeah, I mean. You got to feel bad because he went from guys like Dan Girardi to Jack Johnson and um, Mike Matheson. <laughs> well, yeah. And they just brought in Mike Matheson. So uh, it's like. It's like John Marino, right? Crystal Tank. Yeah, except he gets he has some star power in front of him instead of like Kreider and like Derek Broussard back in the day. I think that'd be good. Jari could learn a lot too. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And I think it like after the buyout, like he's still getting that money. He's still gonna what? He could sign for what one point five or two million. He's made his money. He yeah. has. He wants to win. Uh, yeah. Okay, scenario B, and let me know if this is better than scenario A. He mm-hmm. goes to the Canucks. Because <sighs> you know what? You know what I don't want. I don't want the Canucks media and the fan base to ever give Hendrik Lundqvist a bad time. It would be, I think it'd be good for Demko, but I just don't think that that, I don't think the city, the fan base, the ownership of the fans deserve him. No. No. So I would go, and it's, I think it would be better for Lundqvist because I would bet on Sidney Crosby more than I would the, um, than I would right now on the Canucks. Daniel, didn't you also float Vegas out there after they trademark Andre Fleury? I didn't. I didn't say oh, that. you didn't? Then I heard I it somewhere. Oh, I thought made, you were uh, like maybe, dating me with the Fleury no, trades. Maybe <laughs> I read it something. No, maybe I read it somewhere maybe, else. Maybe. I just remember he took. I don't know. Maybe it was in my sleep. I came up with it myself. Well, he has that's the, another option. I think he too. has back to business, slick back hair, kind of looks. Yeah, so, you know, like, it works. Two sweets if him and Lonnie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think yeah, I mean, Vegas he, are good. I just. I do hope though, because you know how Vegas are super cocky, and the apparently connection they, they really yell at you on the thing and call you losers and that. Yeah, I just also long. hope, like, I hope Lundqvist can bring some class. And I didn't see any direct pictures because I just dropped stuff. Sorry, That's because okay. the Rangers were gone so quickly. But like Lundqvist would bring the class of his nice suits and just how good looking he is. So I, him in Vegas, I think I think that would work. I think that would work. It'd be interesting. You put an idea out there on Twitter as well. Uh, I believe it was Calgary. When oh they're yeah. Gonna over, overpay him. <laughs> hey, they're too, I, I they're too busy I overpaying Alex Petrangelo and uh, Braden Holpe. I think Anton Hudobin would be better for Calgary. Like he's already known how to play in front of, like you know, with a team in front of him that can't score. <laughs> so why not go to Calgary? <laughs> you saw what happened to him. He knows yeah. how, to, how to help him. That's true. Right. Um, That's guys, true. I, I do think I'm going to go now. Um, okay. The jaw is hurting a little bit, so I may have to. 
Plus, again, I'm going back to Montreal tomorrow, so it'll be um, mm-hmm. rest well. Thank you for yeah. coming on for I think Thank almost you. an hour. Wow. Yeah, it was it was fun. It, it was. was really fun. I think it was a little less because we were talking a bit before. That is but, true. Um, that is true. Again, I might also be on. Sorry. We'll do a little. We'll do more of this. We'll work. We're at, work up to the three hour episodes. Don't worry. No. The six hour no. episodes. Yeah, hours. sorry, listeners. I, I was like, I was trying to listen to the show. Obviously, like the first few after I left, I couldn't because it's like I'm on. I'm still on liquid morphine for the brain. But like, I would see like two hours, an hour fifty. I'm like, damn, <laughs> we work so hard to get the runtime down. I but know like, it's really difficult, yeah. especially so with, think, especially with my, son. especially with my <laughs> son. Like on Sunday, I'll probably do a little bit again. Okay. But I like I really for the draft and free agency. I really, I will try my best okay. to come back. But thank you for having me again. I will thank be back you. as soon as possible. Goodbye, listeners. Sounds good. Hi. I love you all. And enjoy the rest of the show. The lads yep. are good. So, Sometimes. bye. See you, See you Adam. Okay. I didn't mention it to Adam, but what? we're going to be on for the entire draft. Are Rounds we? two to seven, we're going to be talking. What day is that? Was that a Wednesday? <laughs> Yes. What time no, is it? Two start? to seven. We're gonna what analyze time? every pick. Like, I oh, have yeah, solid guy. I think he dropped in this. Track. I, I literally think <laughs> that. Listen, that, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I was thinking of doing if we could do a live, a live episode for the uh, round one. But I think round one's gonna be like three hours. It will be. I don't. I don't know if we can do a three-hour live episode. We'll, we'll talk about the Leafs pick or something. We'll talk I don't about know. it. We'll talk about it. But no, if you wanted a six-hour episode, we got to do rounds two to seven. <laughs> I think I have class, so if we can like, get, if I can have one set of headphones in for class, and then another one the other year with the with the mic going, then then I'll be able to do it. All Funny right. enough, it's reporting sports. Oh, so that's amazing. Well, he's still under, understand. Yeah, it, it works. Uh, let Let's move on. For some reason, TSN and I brought the first tweet up earlier about with Pierre LeBron and um, Cody Cece, just like to mess with people. Mm-hmm. Like is Co- like Cody Cece's not coming back. Just say it. Just don't don't tell me that they might revisit it. That Hometown doesn't make discount. me feel good. That doesn't sure yeah. sure sure doesn't make me feel good. The second one, I'm gonna read the first and the last one because there are so many. There's multiple tweets in between, and we can just kind of go over that. Um, this is from Bob McKenzie, the Bob Father. Uh. Legendary insider. Ryerson alumni. Ryerson alumni. Yes, that is true. Um, this is the first tweet of, of his thread. Imagine my surprise when I started making calls today and heard Jack Eichel trade rumors, including unverified chatter. He may at, at some point recently requested a trade out of Buffalo and that the Rangers were amongst interested teams. This is this of course required further investigation. That just seems like great journalism right here. Okay. Yeah. I'm just pointing that out there. Um the next few tweets were he's talked to his agent. Uh I talked to some people in Buffalo. This is the last tweet. So the face value review appears as follows. Eichel doesn't want out of Buffalo. Buffalo doesn't want to trade Eichel. Move along. Nothing to see here. Fair enough. But some rumors are worth checking out slash mentioning, which I've done now done. Now back to draft prep. Why would you do this? Bob McKenzie, why are you doing this to us? Suspense novel. It's his new career. That is, that was the... I read the first tweet. I'm like, oh my God, 
this is about to get real. Like Jack Eichel's about to be traded. The New York Rangers are interested. We're, we're going to have to get Mike on the show. We're probably going to have to get Will Christopoulos on the show because it's about to go down. Then I got, then we're I just, got we're to, just the background, the two of us. Yeah, exa- exactly. Then I got to the fifth, the last tweet of the thread. And it was literally, I'm like, why? Why would you do this? Just put the last tweet in there. And we wouldn't so, look at the whole thing. I know that's what yeah. you did. I'm like, okay, we're not going to look at the whole this thing. Great. So, buried the lead. To sum it up, Jack Eichel isn't going to be traded. No. Jack Eichel doesn't want out of Buffalo. That's that's pretty much the news. The reason I actually, well, I think it was important to bring it up because I think it's it's been a talking point that oh Jack Eichel wants to wants a trade Jack Eichel, um, or the but the Sabers want to trade Eichel blah blah blah. I brought this up more because I read something. I don't know if you read 31 Thoughts this afternoon. Um, I, I pulled out a couple of things I put in the doc, but there was one block, and I took a screenshot of it from from about this, and I thought it was the most bizarre reason for them to keep Jack Eichel. Uh, and it's from Friedman. The Sabres paid Eichel a $7.5 million bonus this season. 75% of his 2020-2021 salary is paid. It, uh, it is absolutely senseless for them to make an Eichel trade for this reason. But if things don't get better, we are going to revisit this topic next spring. Can I be honest with you, Daniel? Okay. You know what's senseless about trading Jack Eichel? He's their franchise player. Not that he got paid seven and a half million dollars. <laughs> Listen, I love Elliot Freeman. I just massively disagree with that. With that idea that the only reason you're not trading him is because of his salary structure. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know what, what what you think about this. I kind of feel the same way too. Um, the way I see it is the Sabers have already gone through this route countless times of, you know, breaking it down and getting the picks, but like. You know, they got what they needed. Jack Eichel's, what, 22, 23? Yeah. You know, you, how often do you hit on these type of picks? You didn't get the number one pick. I know he was second, but at the same time, like, you got the number two pick in one of the strongest drafts in NHL history, mm-hmm. and you get a franchise guy. And the way I see it is, like, I'll be optimistic about it. The way the Sabres are kind of shaping up, they have the pieces to kind of, you know, figure things out it's not the same as it was when jack eichel first came into the league yeah the thing with this team and i guess we'll shout it out now uh both of us were on uh the saber spot podcast with uh austin shannon we i'll put the uh i'll put the link down in in the description and we we were talking about this and it just it feels like if you're trading jack eichel are you doing a, like if you're training Jack Eichel, you are committed to another rebuild. Yeah. Like Jack Eichel's the guy. And, and I brought this up when we recorded Jack Eichel's the guy you build around. And I said, Darlene, Sam Reinhart and Jack Eichel. That is who you build around. And to trade Jack Eichel, Jack Eichel seems senseless. Yeah. Because Again, I know that's how it kind of every trade kind of goes, but you know you don't, you you know what I mean? Like you don't trade a guy who is at that age 
who's already proven that he can carry this team of whatever this team is, to be he's, honest, at this point. Yeah. And he's, he, there's no guarantee you're going to get anything of value in return. Like, you're going to get what? Picks, you're going to get these prospects that, you know, maybe they have that upside, but they're clearly not at that level of Jack Eichel. He's arguably the straight definition of the Hart Trophy. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't you know what to remind me of? What? So, in the NBA, when Philadelphia had the whole trust the process thing going on, yeah, I remember they would draft guys and then immediately flip them, like, the next year or two for even more first-round picks. Like, I mean, eventually they got Joel Embiid, but I remember, like, there was just this cycle of these lottery picks they kept getting and then just kept trading them, like, over and over and over again. Was it th- – because I remember the day it happened. I happened to be – Actually, funny enough, I was at the Fan Fan 590 studio. I was there behind the scenes watching primetime sports when it was still on. Did Philadelphia trade for the first round, for the first overall pick, or did they trade down? So they traded for the first overall pick. They traded the pick that became Jason Tatum oh my God. for Markel Fultz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder so, if they hate that deal. Maybe they yeah, do. Yeah, we'll maybe. see. Maybe. Um, they traded Markel Fultz already. So <laughs> he's in Orlando now. So Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> Sounds like uh what Edmonton is is Philadelphia Edmonton? The Edmonton Oilers? Or am I just overestimating I don't know, like, either of those teams? I don't know ba- I don't know basketball well enough to Make that comparison. I think so. Well, I mean, like they don't have John Beats good, but he's not Connor McDavid esque. That's true. Um, it just we thought they were better, but this year they kind of clearly showed like they they weren't like they were stronger last year. Jimmy Butler and I'm mm-hmm. going off topic right now, but yeah, um, not as strong as this year. Not not an Edmonton Oiler comparable. Oilers are like they have the. Okay, don't, don't tell that. Well, I'm just going to hear this. But it's like when Carey Price was winning the Vesna 2015 and then 2016, it just kind of showed like they just happened to have the best goalie in the world. Yeah. yeah. And they have the best player in the world. Right, they have two mm-hmm. top 10 players. Embarrassing. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. But which one's MVP of the team? Connor McDavid. <laughs> Not even a question. Get out of here. Slam dunk, Connor McDavid. Um, let's let's. Do you have anything else to say about Buffalo, or uh, shall we move on? I don't think we talked about it enough on Monday. We move on. That that is that is true. Um, Frank Saravelli put out an article talking about a hybrid bubble. Um, thinking so in the article he writes that the thinking is that each team would be able to approximately play twelve games per month, uh, which is doable given that there's going to be no traveling between games other than flying in and out. But there is one big sticking. Well, there's actually a couple sticking points here. Number one, uh, the NHL will likely want to conclude before July 22nd, which is when uh, their American TV right holder NBC flips to the 2022. 2021 Olympics. Um, and so with that 12 games per month, starting, I believe, in January, that would allow for a shortened 48 or 60 game regular season in four or five months. The second sticking point is the um, the bubble, especially with Canada. 
So in the article, it says at least one hybrid bubble would be located in Canada. Uh, and that comes with the the border situation. We're probably not going to yeah. see an open border. Uh, despite Trump saying that Canada wants an open border, I don't think that's mm-hmm. true. Um, don't quote us. I well, yeah. I'm not Justin Trudeau or Doug Ford or any of the other premiers or government officials. It just does not seem like that's the fact. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll might even see an all Canadian bubble. Uh, what what do you think about that? Um, I think yeah, it has worked. Um, what we talked about before with the cases, you know, they had zero and the testing just was so effective for them. But the thing I see it too is what we saw what the lightning said after the games where after they won the cup that like the emotional toll and physical toll that kind of this bubble had on them. I know it was for the, the cup, but you know, that was what a little under three months. Uh, we started in the beginning of August now the end of September so two months playing and then plus the, the couple of weeks before of like the training camp yeah so yeah so I kind of see it too is just it's going to be insane to try to fill in a type of season like that into the bubble and I think with the hybrid one that I think you know eventually the MLB was able to kind of control the cases and they were you know like to say like, you know, after the massive outbreaks of the Miami Marlins, they were effective in trying to curb, you know, and, you know, lower the numbers. But what I kind of find with the NHL now is that when they keep giving these sharp deadlines on, this is when the season has to end. And this is what we kind of want to do. And it's just kind of that thing we talked about before, where it's just like, you're moving the players. Like it's like an NHL game. It's not like you're kind of looking into the other factors of things, because like when you go back now into the, Canadian bubble and then there's the American bubble and then there's the mix up of different players on different yeah. teams and then they're going to be like hey what about our families we haven't seen our families in so long and it just creates another complicated situation yeah so I, I think the idea and I'm just pulling this from the article as well is that they're going to pick bubbles uh, predominantly in the US I don't think we're going to see uh, many cities in the country do in our in Canada at least do fans in the stands anytime anytime soon simply because like in Ontario and and in Ontario and Quebec especially uh cases are on on the rise again um I'm not I believe they they've had some issues on the uh, west coast as well Alberta British Columbia they want to have bubbles in cities where you're allowed to have some fans in the stands and if if that's i'm fine okay well i'm iffy about that approach but at that point i don't necessarily think it's it makes sense to call it to then to do a bubble because it, it ruined it, it it defeats the purpose right you have mm-hmm. people in the stadium and i get they're not going to be right next to the players but you're in an indoor space and by all ideas of that I've my understanding of this virus, it still spreads inside. Yeah. So don't call it a bubble. Just then, see, I, as I say that, I found an issue in in 
in my reasoning. If we go to do it like the MLB, we're going to end up with seven teams with no home stadium. Yeah. The, the if the Canadian border is not Canadian US border is not open, the Canadian teams are going to have to find stadiums or or arenas to play in in the US. I, I don't necessarily think that's going to be a massive issue. I think a lot that they can find arenas in the northern in some of the northern states, but then you end up like you're not playing any any home yeah. games. Which which I feel like I look at a team like the Blue Jays who've played they played I believe sixty four regular season games sixty games uh, like sixty yeah sixty and then half of them were still in like they played in zero Buffalo. home games because yeah. half of them were in Buffalo. And Buffalo is not their home stadium. Like, I feel bad for the guys. It it's going to be interesting to see what the NHL does. I feel like this is just one idea, and and I think you're right. And I want to pose this question to you because as soon as you said start talking about the MLB and them figuring out the cases, this question popped in my head. Do you think the NBA and the NHL have have an advantage? Not not over the MLB, but the play with their players because they, they've looked at, hey, if we follow protocol, there's a good chance, there, there's a chance we can end up with zero cases because the bubbles worked. As long as we follow proper protocol, we've, we've heavily reduced the risk of contracting COVID-19. Do you think the NHL and the NBA have that advantage because those players have been in the bubble scenario already? Yeah, I think so. I think they're already used to, you know, the frequency of the testing, the mentality that kind of goes into it. And, you know what I mean? Like, I think it just, they just kind of know what to expect. I think what happened with the MLB is they wanted to do it their own way. And, you know, they had to make changes on the fly. They didn't really have like a set plan the same way that the NBA and the NHL had. And, you know, we saw the consequences of it. Like, you know, thank goodness that the curve was flattened with these teams and the staff, but it's kind of another headache that has to kind of be avoided if you want to continue playing like these, these important games. Like what I kind of feel now is like don't fix what's not broken. Right. But yeah, it's I, same I time to the hard too. deadline, the hard deadlines is just kind of something I have to kind of think about. Yeah, I think the hard deadline's an issue. I think the bigger thing that's going to come out of this is the players because I don't think the players are going to want to be in a consistent bubble, especially for four to six months because we're talking even just a shortened season plus the playoffs, that's going to be four or five months. And, I mean, we talked about the ESPN article. I think they were they were, they were were oversold on a, on a few things. It's going to be tough to persuade them I get to do it again without properly advertising what they are getting into. Yeah. That's like really something to that. It just, we don't, we don't, we don't, there's so many unknowns that I kind of feel that too, like expressing that to like, you know, a huge population of players and saying, you know, this is what's going to happen. You kind of had a taste of it before and, Let's just see how the season goes. But, like, once again, it's just – it's that toll that's going to happen. Like, it's it's just 
to, like I remember they were talking about like you know being cooped up in the hotels, eating the same food, seeing the same people, yeah. doing the same things over and over again until like you know it just reached a point with the playoffs that like the way I say it too is like it's gonna be a bubble in the regular season and there's gonna be players that are gonna be inching to want to leave. I remember the Lightning talked about it and then suddenly it's you know it's the playoffs now. Like you know you went through a huge grind now go through this other grind. Yeah. Well, I think it's this isn't going to be the first, the only conversation uh, we have. I think this is going to be a developing story, and and I think it's going to be a not last minute in a bad way. I think, and right, rightly so. Gary Bettman and the the owners and the board of governors and the players, it's going to be a tough decision, and we might not find out until like this time, a week before, just because like. Think about like think like I've been thinking about this. Literally a month ago, or even let's let's go two months ago at least, we were hovering under a hundred cases alone in Ontario. Today there were, or a couple days ago there were seven hundred in Ontario alone, right? So think how quickly things can can change over even a couple months, let alone a couple a couple weeks. So I think this is definitely going to be a developing story. Let's get on. I feel like we have some juicy. I keep <laughs> yeah. saying this every episode, but we got some juicy tidbits to talk about here. Um, we talked about Oliver Ekman Larson uh, a couple weeks ago. I'm not like the uh, Dreger talked about uh, insider trading uh, a couple of days yesterday or a couple of days ago. There's two teams, and we'll get to both of them. I'm going to start with this one. I'm not saying I called it, but I did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Boston Bruins have seemed to put some interest in in uh, Oliver Ekman Larson. That is that is going to be interesting. We talked about last we our last week or last episode that Jake DeBrusque could potentially be on the move, depending on. Taylor Hall and a couple other things. Man, OEL to the Bruins. That That's scares insane. me. That, yeah, that it does. Me. Like, just when we think they're on the brink of, no. you know, of, you know, collapsing, this kind of happens. I remember when they didn't make the playoffs and everyone said they were done. And then there's a team that consistently competes for the finals. It's ridiculous. Patrice Bergeron's the Steve Nash of the NHL. He just keeps getting better over the age. That's a uh, that is a great comparison. Um, let me throw this 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 other tweet. This is from Frank Saravelli. This is, I believe, yesterday or two days ago. Uh, sounds like there has in, indeed been significant interest in teams trading for Tory Cruz rights. Um, obviously, we talked about an RA from Spain Chicklets brought that up uh sunday or saturday night my belief and this is continued the quote my belief is last offer from the bruins to Krug's camp was six years six and a half million i don't know about you it it just seems a tad low for me that yeah i agree but i think that's like a bruins contract right it's like hey you want to win you want to be part of this core, then take the discount. That's practically the same as I believe Brad Marchand signed a six-year deal 
I I know David Pasternak signed a six-year deal. I mean, we'll we'll see what like we talked about his trading rights being traded away as well. I don't know. It's I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's he's a great player. It just he fits the Bruins so well that he, I think he's going to excel in other teams. But yeah, it just in terms of like this the the money that's being offered to him. I think yeah, it's again like it's something that they expected him to take because you know there's there's other cases on the team where they did the same thing these guys that they dedicated themselves to the team long term and they took well below their market value right and, and it's not necessarily that the, they're a cap strapped team uh, they currently have 14.4 million in cap space they have to re-sign Krug and DeBrusque are their big guys um other than that, like David Krejci comes off the books next season, they'll probably re-sign that. I don't think he's going to make seven point two five. Andre Kasha, Nick Ritchie, and Brandon Carlo are are your you big UF I guess bigish bigish UFA guy uh, RFA guys as well as um, Sean Corrali is going to be a UFA, and we talked about that guy. Like that guy is a presence in their bottom six. Oof, like I don't know. Like I feel like you lose Tory Krug. Then what do you have on the left side? Now we're having a we're having the same discussion mm-hmm. that we had a couple episodes ago. I guess OEL is That's, like oh my god, that'd be disgusting. It has to be simultaneous. If they're like losing Krug, like it's it's a foregone conclusion he's gone, and like they gotta trigger the trade. Like yeah. OEL like the same day or the day after. Unless, like, there has to be some some crazy circumstances where both are on the team, and if they can bring back both guys, I don't necessarily think. I, I <laughs> obviously Jake DeBrusque is part of that deal. Um, I don't think Zdeno Chara comes back at that point. Like, I I think he mm-hmm. he could retire. I'm just pulling up. Uh, I was gonna say David Krejci might be part of that deal. Just I don't know why, but he makes too. He makes he has a cash of seven million dollars. Yeah, Arizona is not gonna pay that. I just, I, I don't. Think, yeah, yeah. Go go ahead. Oh, I think it just yeah the past. What's kind of happened with that? Where I remember when uh, you know, I'm gonna show my age again, but um, I remember when Martin Havlat when he was an All Star, okay, left. In the summer of 2009, the Chicago Blackhawks, a team that you know was a, that already went to the conference finals and lost to the Red Wings, and was about to break out the next year and win the cup. The same time, he's like, "I'm leaving. I'm going to the Minnesota Wild." After they didn't give him the money, the Chicago didn't give him the money. One, and then right away, Marion Hosa signs with the Blackhawks for that illegal, what is now considered an illegal contract. <laughs> I love those illegal contracts. Those are just. <laughs> but yeah, it just reminds me of that. Like, they were remember, a bloody big deal. Yeah, I just remember like that was like the off-season drama that year, where a guy that I felt was the same way as Tory Krug, where he fit into that that culture, that lineup so well, and suddenly when it's something over dollars, he gets flipped out really quickly. Like he signs to a different team, and they're like, "All right, we quickly get your replacement." I mean. If the Boston Bruins can do it, the Boston Bruins can do it. I, I've talked before. I don't know what 
necessarily the Bruins have that the Coyotes want. Like the first thing that comes to mind is, okay, Jake DeBrusque, a young forward that they can add to their roster and the first round pick. Zachary Sayenshin. No, I don't think so. I mean, they have like other... And another defensive prospect, uh, maybe one of those guys, Uko Vakanine, Vakanine, I think. I'm happy you said I didn't know how to say his name. um, And uh, there's like Jakob Zaboral. I don't know if he's going to be anything. Two guys I found. Like one is a center, one's a defenseman. Um, I think Jack Stednika, I know. He's a Bruins guy though. Like he's a guy that I think he will stick because he just plays their game so well. That big body guy that could also skate. Um, and I'm thinking of Jeremy Lazon. That's where a good pick. He's I a think. good guy where, you know, he he has the potential to kind of be a regular now, but it's just it's just, you know, at the time they just had too many defensemen. Right. Right. So maybe there could be a package there, not sure. Well, I guess uh, I guess we'll see when it comes to OEL and the Boston Bruins. The second team that Darren Dreger brought up on insider trading. And I got some other tidbits on this team too. The Edmonton Oilers. If there is a team that confuses me more, it's the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we like at least, at least Boston had a couple pieces that they could willingly move and not be impacted. What on earth is is Edmonton going to give up? Um, right away, the way I see it is they're going to try to measure how they are in terms of a window of what are we going to provide now for Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl? Are they, are they at the age now that they feel that, hey, we can compete? And I think if they can, the only way they get OEL is if they trade an Evan Bouchard or a Philip Broberg. And I know it's is a it, big ask. Is it worth it? It is if it's not the only move they do and they say, hey, we're done. Because I really feel that now the pressure's on them. Like I, I don't see them running it back with the roster they had last year when they think they can really compete with it. Like They lost to the Blackhawks. Um, they can't run it back. It's yeah. just not allowed. Because what I'm thinking now is in the minors, what they have, like guys that are emerging, but they're not exactly the game-breaking, like, you know, names that I expect the Coyotes to kind of want. Like like one I just think is Raphael Lavoie. Like he was a guy who was supposed to be in the first round, fell to the second, you know, tore it up in the juniors, um, made it to real juniors. Love the guy. Um, but then they also like Tyler Benson, who's been a bit of a project lately. Like they still believe in him to be a legitimate top nine center, but he's a guy that he's had also injury problems in the past. Yeah. Uh, that That's true. I just... If I'm Arizona and the idea around the idea around trading Darcy Kemper was oh, we're going to recoup some picks and that idea kind of has seemed to die down at this point or at least there's no leaks. If OEL is being moved, you have to recoup some picks as well. And Edmonton has the 14th overall pick this year. Mm-hmm. If you're Arizona, and I, and I think you can get someone decent at 14, maybe not NHL ready this year, or maybe not the year after that, probably two years from now. I, it depends. Obviously, it depends on on who that guy is. Like, 
I really think that you do. Would okay. Let me put it this way: Would you move the fourteenth overall pick? And is that enough for OEL, or are you is there more to that? I think if they do, they could do something. Like I think if they really feel that Broberg and Bouchard are part of that blue line long term, or these guys you want to bring along slowly, if you use that fourteenth pick, like you could subside the other part of it, like mitigate some part of it. I think you know they will still have to give up someone like Raphael Lavoie, I think in a package with that first round pick, but you know, it's, I'd rather, if I'm Edmonton, I'd rather do that than give up your top defensive prospects of these guys who are going to be part of the core long-term. Because I think we're having a very different conversation about Edmonton's decor. If they don't have to give up Broberg or Bouchard, Mm -hmm. Um, because now we're talking, we have Darnell versus let's start OEL Darnell nurse. Uh, Oster Clefbaum, Adam Larson, uh, Ethan Bear, and then you have Broberg and and Bouchard. Now I don't necessarily know if he, like I think Bouchard played a, a few games in the in the NHL last year. Uh, let, or I guess no, he didn't. Maybe he was playing. He played the year before. He played seven games uh, in eighteen nineteen with one. He had one point. But then they mm-hmm. sent him back to juniors. I don't know. I think we're having a very different conversation with OEL in the in the Oilers lineup if they don't have to get rid of any anyone of anyone on the back end of significance. Yeah. Um, now there's a couple other points that I want to get across with with Edmonton. Uh, number one. Uh, I have here, it's a Sportsnet reporting the Oilers defenseman Oscar Clefbaum has a chronic shoulder problem that kept him out of parts of the last two seasons. Uh, and he requires yet another surgical season, uh, procedure, sorry, and it may cost him the entire 2020 2021 season. How big of a, how big of an impact will that have on the team? I think that's huge. I think he's the guy who quarterbacks the power play for them, you know, through the highs and lows of the Connor McDavid era, Oscar Clefbaum has been one of the very few cornerstones on that team. Right. That he's so important to the team that it's going to be unfortunate to kind of see him maybe lose out on one season, which I think is during his prime. But at the same time, like it puts that pressure on them, you know, to fix that left side. Because as much as I like Darnell Nurse, like I don't think he's a guy who's going to be able to anchor everything. And I, I, maybe I guess that's why they're going after after OEL. Mm-hmm. I think that that makes it all add up, uh, in in my opinion. Now the second tidbit here I have us uh, from Pierre LeBron. Uh, that the Oilers are interested in Hurricanes goaltender Peter Mrazek as more of a plan B. Uh, Says the Oilers are keeping a close eye on Markstrom's negotiations with the Canucks as well. That could work, that two guys there. But then it comes, is Peter Mrazek the guy you actually are looking for? And I know he's just a plan B, and I think, you know what, I think it's fair that he's your plan B if things things go around. I think I think maybe they'd be. I think Carolina would be very willing to move him if they make an addition in that this off season. 
I don't think that's necessarily the answer for Edmonton. I think they're looking for more of a 1A. And I said it at the beginning of the season, and I said it now. Miko Koskinen is not a 1A goalie. No. And and Mike Smith just clearly wasn't good enough no. as a 1B. Yeah, the Peter Mrazek one kind of really kind of confuses me. Why they would be kind of expressing that much interest in him this early on. Yeah. When what what we've said before, what the goalie market looks this year. Um, he's a guy where like, not not no offense to him. It's just like what he's been playing his entire career. But like he's a guy where you add him to your team after you already establish who your number one is. Right. That and that's and, and I guess they don't yeah. have a number one. Yeah, they're throwing the rumors <laughs> everywhere just to kind of I think throw everyone off. Uh, I don't. Uh, the, it's just they gotta get a goalie that that can be a one A, like they that can be an honest one A. But the issue then comes is let me I, I don't just necessarily think they can afford it. No, like they have okay they have. Sorry, eleven million in cap space. I read today that they might not even qualify Matt Benning because they don't want to go to arbitration. They have to re-sign Ethan Bear. They've already said they're not good. They they've it's right now. It seems more likely than not they're also not going to qualify Andreas Athanasiu, who they gave up two second round picks for. Because they can't, they don't want to pay the three million qualifying offer. So I'm hoping Ken Holland makes some moves because now the only significant thing you have to do is, in terms of free agents, your own free agents is resign Ethan Bear. Mm -hmm. But you have eleven. So now you take you have to split this money up. You have Ethan Bear. You need a proper goalie. And you need actual wingers to play with McDavid. Like, other than Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Or James Neal. Or James Neal. Or Zach Cassian. Or Alex Chason. Put someone like an actual guy. Like, I love Tyler Ennis. Mm-hmm. No. I'll do. Friend of the, no, not really friend of no, the show. We uh, don't know. We don't. Hopeful friend of the show. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not the guy. He's not. Like, sorry. Like, put a proper guy... Next to next to Connor McDavid, please. Um, so yeah, like they have some. They, Ken Holland has his work cut out for him. I think that's quite. Yeah, that's been that's been the thing from the start. And I think Mike Green and unfortunately he didn't uh, he didn't come into the bubble, and now he he's obviously retired, and you gave up some assets for that. And you, at the end of the day, you couldn't have guessed, you couldn't have imagined that we were going to have a pandemic and be stuck in our houses for a very long period of time. And then him going and retiring. I do kind of blame them on the Andreas Athanasiu pickup and giving up two picks. Even if there was no pandemic, how, like realistically, how much was the cap actually going to go up? And I don't know if it has that. If you're already not, re, you don't want to do his qualifying offer. I don't necessarily think that changes much. Yes, is a work cut out from. I think that's yeah, fair to say. The Oilers are going to be a very interesting team to kind of look at. That we 
I think a lot more interesting than what they've been the last few years, aside yeah. from McDavid and Dreisaitl, because they are looking to really fill in this roster. And it's just so many things have kind of hit them in a certain way that I want to see now, like how does Ken Holland kind of roll with it? How does he roll with, with these difficulties going on with the cap, with yeah. having to fill in, fill up this roster to kind of, you know, make the most of the McDavid Dreisaitl years because these are getting, these guys are getting older and, as much as they have been putting up the points without the help, um, they're going to get frustrated eventually. Like we said with Jack Eichel, like he probably does like Buffalo, but he's talked about it before. He hates the losing culture. Most people do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's move on to another Canadian team uh, here. Uh, this is again from Darren Dreger on insider trading, talking about the Vancouver Canucks and uh, their forward, Jake Vertanen, who's an RFA. Uh, he he had mentioned that Vancouver wants to keep him, but are are intrigued by what they could get for him. Uh, he made a comparison, saying a player like him would be looking for somewhere, uh, you know, around a two year contract, around three million dollars per year. I think that's kind of that's pretty fair. That's a pretty fair deal. I believe he had over over twenty goals. I think he had twenty four goals uh, this year. I'm gonna pull that up for you right now he had 18 goals and 36 points i thought i was close um he's he's a developing player i think um it doesn't seem like they're happy with jake for not it seems like they just they expected more from jake for tannin than they didn't get it and i can see like yeah like no, I, I could see they drafted him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go, sorry, go, go. Go on. You said all right. Yeah, no, it's like ahead. where they drafted him. Um, I think despite the comments that have been said of him in Vancouver by I believe it was what Jim Benning. Yeah. Um, Jake Vertanen, what I kind of view him as, he where he is at his age, where the amount of games he's played, he's a perfect fit with what the Canucks are trying to build. It's just he's not a core guy. You know what I mean? Like, despite where he was drafted, sixth overall in 2014, you 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 add that type of guy to the core you're building with Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. Um, I think if they could get something for him, great. But I think he's someone that you could kind of stick around if he doesn't break the bank on you. And if you could get that two years for him, like, yeah, sure, why not? Um, I still like his style of play, power forward that could actually skate. He scores, you know, remember his first few years, everyone was calling him a bust. Well, because he was like, what, a 19-year-old he put on the fourth line. But, um, yeah, it's just, I think he's kind of shown what he could be in the NHL. And that's a perfect piece on any team that wants to win. It's just, just overlook the whole draft status and look at what you could kind of give this guy. Because... Like, you know, he really does, like, balance out the skill on that team. Like, it's just weird the Canucks have been shopping him like this. I feel like at that evaluation or that valuation, I don't think that – not that they can't afford it. I just – I think they feel so high on Tyler Toffoli and they really want to bring back Markstrom that they're willing to let Vertanen go. And I feel like if they weren't put in, they didn't put themselves in the situation of Brent Sutter, of, 
Jay Beagle, of Anton Roussel, of Louis Erickson. I think we're having, yeah, like I think he is signed. Right? I think it's a no-brainer that this guy's coming back, even at three, two years, three million. But I think they've put themselves in a situation where they're, they have very limited cap space, especially moving forward, having to re-sign Pedersen and Hughes, um, that they've kind of found themselves in a in a weird situation. Yeah, isn't it weird the last few weeks we've talked about the Canucks trading guys like Brock Besser, Jake Furtanen. I don't understand why. Like these are guys that you know you should be building your core around. And you know what? I, you make a good point, and it's been such a talking point uh, from Toronto fans. Not, not I, I haven't read much about it in this way from the media. Uh, about the whole idea of hey, look at Tampa Bay. They didn't trade a core piece to to do to to win, right? Like, yes, they had to get rid of they they got rid of. Uh, who was it? JT Miller. No. Which one? Who did they trade to? Who did they trade to New York? Butchnevit. No. I can't, why can't I remember? Oh wait, sorry. Wait, the for, Rangers oh, for Ryan they, McDonough. Yeah. Oh, it was Brett Howden, Libor Hayek, uh, Vladislav Nemestikov, a first round pick and a second round pick. Right, like they were trading their farm, and 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 it ended up winning. Like they didn't get rid of Cooch. They didn't get rid of Stammer. They didn't get rid of. Point. They didn't get rid of Anthony Sorelli. They didn't get rid of Hedman. They didn't get rid of Vasilevsky, right? Like they kept their core there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this team needs to do. And if you think about the core in Vancouver, it's Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, Quinn Hughes. I mean, I'd argue Markstrom as well. And, and maybe even. Oh, Elias Patterson, you didn't mention. Oh, a lot. Yeah. Yes, of course. I can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> Elias, um, no, I feel silly. Uh, Elias Patterson as well, right? Like, I think those are guys, like, don't touch them. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. This reminded me of, I remember when Jim Benning traded Jared McCann in draft picks for Eric Branson. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, not, not, yeah. not Jim Rutherford, you know, esque with tinkering, but, you know, there's a lot of tinkering going there. Going on there. Don't even get me started. Do you know? I I, I had pulled up a tweet. I I'm like, we're not gonna talk about this today. It was about he's a, apparently they were gonna put Hornquist through waivers. Whoa! And then the Panthers were gonna claim him. It was apparently this is this isn't the first time this has happened. It goes back to like uh, Anaheim and Columbus making a trade. I, I'm not sure of the facts. And oh, I'm like okay. this is this is ridiculous. Like. I can't believe this is what we're going through right now. Um, let's move. Anything else about Vancouver? Sorry. I hope they realize how lucky they have been with their draft picks lately, including the, especially the Brock Besser one. Yeah. That they don't let that go to waste. Most definitely they should not. Um, Friedman, well, 31 Thoughts came out today. Friedman in the blog or more as I like to call it a book, um, writes that the, the word is the Hurricanes were willing to look at an extension, an eight-year, $7.5 million AAV extension for Andrei Sveshnikov. He then added that uh, Sveshnikov wants to bet on himself to do even better, which I can imagine he will, uh, and he might end up doing a bridge deal for now. 
Okay. If you're Andrei Svechnikov, do you take the bridge deal or do you take the security? Um, I think, I don't know. It just, it reminds me of the Nikita Kucherov situation where he first took a bridge deal before he got this massive extension. And, you know, the trajectory that we have of Svechnikov, I think is at that same level that I could understand where he is right now in his career. I think he bets on himself. Like, I think even if he does, you know, God forbid gets a, injured or you know he misses a few games here and there it's still yeah. guy it's still a guy that like is still developing you know he's still coming into his own it's a it's it's not it's something that you know if he believes that he deserves that then he deserves it i think you know seven and a half over eight years is not bad but i think he's gonna see how the cap kind of goes or what the hurricanes are going to do moving forward but I think all things point to he should take the bridge deal. Yeah, and and I and I think if he takes that bridge deal, the bridge deal would probably be like two or three years. There's and remember, it won't kick in until twenty one, twenty two. So by the time that contract ends, I think we're gonna we're hopefully gonna be in a in <laughs> out of this pandemic and. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot more, a better understanding of where the NHL is financially. Maybe we'll even be out of this flat of the flat cap era and back to the cap uh, increasing. And I think for a lot of players, it's going to be, it's going to be better to maybe take that bridge deal. It reminds mm-hmm. me, you know what it reminds me of is it reminds me of the situation of uh, McKinnon and, and the avalanche I, my understanding is that the, the avalanche had a short term and a long term deal and instead of betting on himself he took the long term deal and i think it would have been his contract year that he he blossomed and imagine the money he could have made but it's okay he's going to take another discount so it's loyalty like guy big, yeah it's not a big deal um, <laughs> anything else on Sveshnikov before we move on yeah, he's an interesting player to like keep watching. That yeah, he's really, you know, as he's developed, so have the Hurricanes everywhere else. Right. That that's another team where I'm like, don't tinker too much with the core, mm-hmm. and just keep doing your thing. Yeah, that's fair. I agree. Except with that. goaltending. Yeah, get a goaltender. They're practically uh, they could be in the fri- finals, conference finals next year. Sorry, I got some info from the best man in Minnesota, Michael Russo, right now. Uh, apparently, the Wild are shopping Ryan Donato. Uh, the there's one team that has shown interest in him. Uh, that is the San Jose Sharks, and they have also called about Devin Dubnik. So, two things I kind of feel with that. Number one, but I already know the answer to it is why would you want to get rid of someone like Ryan Donato? I think yeah. He what was, is the no? But yeah. you say you know the answer. I don't know. Is he not a center? And do they not need centers? It's that thing where it's just like okay, are we gonna? It's another body to kind of protect at the expansion draft. Um, but the thing is, yeah, he's a young guy. Where it's just you know, you gave up Charlie Coyle, which you know I think Minnesota is gonna end up winning that trade not now but a lot later because Donato's age and his upside not I think if they trade just, him yeah not if they trade him but I think right now like this Charlie Coyle 
has just fit in with the Bruins system so well that I think the edge kind of goes to Boston right now. But I think Donato is something, someone that could really develop into something special. And again, it's like what we've talked about before. It's like it's someone the Wild need to kind of balance out that those veteran contracts. Like Donato's going to be an RFA with arbitration rights at the end of next season. Is that I, why you're trading him now? Like, are you not comfortable going to arbitration? I, I just don't see the value of trading someone like this. I don't either. Um, well, you know, remember what we've talked about before, and we've said it so many times. We don't know what the Minnesota Wild are building. Well, now the name of this prospect, and it's going to be on, get on my nerves that I don't know his name, the one that's coming uh, overseas. Oh, Kirill Kaprasov? Yeah, Kaprasov. Like, I believe the whole idea was that he's coming next season. Mm-hmm. And, um, hey, like you opened up a spot for him, right? Koivu and Stahl, gone. Is he not already in your lineup? Like you already said, Alex Galchenyuk is not coming back. Spot. Mm-hmm. This just seems to not make sense because he's a young guy. Ryan Donato is twenty-four years old. Yeah. Unless you're just trying to get assets for him because you're not happy with him, okay, fine. But he's. Performing. I thought he had a a good season. And keep in mind too, he was a university boy, right? He was an NCAA guy. Like it's, it's not like he's so far into his development, or you know, they've showed enough of him in the NHL to say, okay, we already know what we have out of him. No, like he's still considered a. I, I still think he's considered a prospect. Prospect. Well, or maybe like he's guy, like yeah. he's inching out of there. He is inching I'm, out of there. Yeah. I'm more interested in why the San Jose in the San Jose Sharks perspective. Uh, from this bringing in Ryan Donato um, and inquiring about Devin Dubnik. And this isn't the first piece of news over the last couple of days that we've heard about this team. Um, It's also been mentioned that they've called up, called Bobby Ryan. That would be, that would be nice. But what are you sending back? Maybe it's, Maybe okay, we didn't see this one. Maybe Ryan Donato's the sweetener for the Sharks to take on Devin Dubnik. No way. Maybe I don't know. No, come on. That's okay. Oh, that that would be very. I don't know if I'm if I'd be comf- Like I think that would. That's not. That's not who you use as a sweetener. Like I get Devin Dubnik wasn't good, but like. He was that bad. Like he couldn't have been that bad because Montreal called about him as a backup, and we know, we know that Montreal was looking for a competent backup goalie. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be if that was the case. I think that that would be, be an off. That would be an awful look. I would never get over that trade. That would be a new one for my predictions. Like that would set the standard. <laughs> I got this one right. If he was a sweetener, yeah, get out of here! Oh my god, it's just for me. I'm more interested in how, like, what are you trading to give to get Ryan Donato? Um, Ryan Merkley. I don't know. No, no, I don't understand why no one likes Ryan Merkley. 
Oh yeah, I remember when we went to. Is it his thoughts. attitude issues? Apparently, yeah. That's what uh, Elliot, friend of the show, and Jeff, friend of the show, told us in Thirty One Thoughts when we went. That's true. They did bring that up. The guy has seventy six points this year. I know. With compared him to Josh Hosang, I remember those comparisons. Seventy six points, and yes, he was with London, but he had sixty seven points in seventeen eighteen. He had I'm trying to do the math. He had seventy one points in eighteen nineteen. Like what? What else yeah. do you want? I didn't I know. know. Oh, he paid for Peterborough. Oh. Ooh. Man, I love to go see Peterborough, but now One they don't have now they don't have Nick Robertson, so I don't care. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I do like. We'll go when they retire his jersey. Yeah, that might be a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything like that's just just this idea that you've put in my head of them being a sweetener just doesn't <laughs> isn't sitting well with me. I don't know. I'm gonna be know. honest. We'll see. You know, a lot can happen in a week before the draft. Or at the draft. We don't know. Oh, my God. There's going to be I, a lot of Bob bombs, I think, at the draft. Bob bombs. I'm so excited for the draft. I don't know about you. I'm pretty excited. I uh, think there's going to be some massive things happening. A lot of what I love just seeing is looking at all these draft boards and then everything get mixed up. <laughs> and seeing Yaroslav Askarov drop to 15. No, maybe. Oh yeah, Daniel's or, gonna be so excited. I would be so excited. We'll buy the jersey. <laughs> okay, you'll buy an Ascrab jersey, and if the and if Bogosian signs with the Leafs, I'm buying a Zach Bogosian jersey. <laughs> um, <laughs> the two more things. Luke Shen signs with the Leafs. Stop it! Stop it! Do I try to find an old one or get a new one? I no, you gotta find an old one. Yeah, you know. Okay, this is a fun fact. I, I hope okay. Adam hears this. But when definitely will. I was in first year, you know, thirty five years ago at UFT. Um, I almost got. I remember I had a guy like who was working at Real Sports. Like, hey, do you want a Luke Shen jersey? And I'm like, yeah. And it's like, oh, just wait though, because like, just wait because like they might get. I don't know. No, I was in high school. Sorry. Um, he's like, just wait because he might get the C. I'm like, oh, okay. Sh- <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I just, I'll just wait. I won't get, get the A-Y. Here, yeah. <laughs> I just like, okay, you I'll wait for that one. See him and what was it? What were his sources? Come on. I don't know. That was, I remember because, no, I was not in high school. I was in elementary school. Sorry, I keep getting my schools confused. I've been in too many schools. Um, yeah, that, yeah, go. Yeah, he was just kind of waiting where he's like, yeah, just wait for it. This is like 2000. 11 i believe where uh he said yeah just wait for it because they were still so high on him he had 22 points on a really bad leafs team all right i i walked pre-pandemic i'm pre-pandemic i walked into a sport check i saw on the 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 clearance rack a dion finuff maple leafs jersey and a phil castle you wish I bought it. I'd buy it. I'd put it. You know what? If I ever see it, I might buy it and hang it up here. Why not? I don't know. I still have to hang up this Matthews poster. It is an absolute it's nightmare. Okay. We, uh, my background too, where I hope everyone's going to look later on is it's going to get fixed <laughs> up because I want to hang up some stuff too. I got it. Speaking of backgrounds, if you aren't watching on YouTube, <laughs> you should most definitely be watching on YouTube. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to point that out there. Uh, let, well, let's, we're almost done the episode here. We got two more tidbits to go. We just keep thinking of Luke Shen too <laughs> fondly, I think. You know, it keeps delaying us. Yeah. Um, so it's official. The Flyers have made Sh- Shane Gostishbeer available for trade. Mm-hmm. So the ghost bear. The ghost bear. Apparently, he's been linked to, obviously, clearly, we've all talked about it. The rumors, uh, they've linked to them in the past. This is really the first time the Flyers have shown a serious willingness to move him if they get the right offer. Now, Daniel, what is the right offer? Because I feel like this season was very poor for him. Mid, I don't know, B prospect and a late Second, early third. So why will Jim Rutherford pay a first round pick for Shane Goss's beer? I'm just I'm just curious. Yeah, you know, they uh they need the defensemen, you know, they need the depth that uh you know, these guys that you know have clearly kind of shown that they don't defend too well, had their struggles, but you know, he's still gonna sell high for these guys. I think that's gonna be the preview. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's just a perfect preview. Even though Adam, I feel bad not having one with Adam, and I think I should have it, I'll probably change my mind. I just think that's the perfect preview. Um, I, I go ahead. Of, I don't know. It's it's unfortunate. It's the same thing too. Like a guy who performs so well, and then he was a guy where I kind of felt that you know he's going to be part of that Flyers core going forward, and it's just you know he's been passed over by like so many prospects. He's been really inconsistent and it just it's just not showing anymore that yeah. promise i kind of had for him it just seems like especially this year that um alain vino and shane goss just didn't isn't working no and you know they have ivan Provorov, they have travis sanheim I, maybe they just don't really need <laughs> shane goss especially at four and a half million dollars for the next three years I think there's teams out there who could who who will make inquiries and I think you know they want to shed cap. I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago and JVR was the name big name that was on on the list. That that's like a practically feels like an impossible deal to move. Um I just mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what they could get sorry what they can get for for him. Because I think his his value has decreased so much. Shane Goss is here for Andreas Janssen. I'm kidding. I don't know if mm. I don't know if I want that. If I'm being no. honest, sell low on both guys. Well, it, you know, it's so funny that how we talk about Goss's beer now because I remember at the in back in October, uh, Adam and I were talking about the Canadians and them needing a left-handed defenseman. And this seemed like the perfect guy to go out and get. Yeah. Not so much. Not anymore. Not so much anymore. Uh, last the thing. Best. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. In whichever market he ends up uh, being in. Last thing before we end the episode here. I, I put this in the document. I didn't necessarily think it was like breaking, big breaking news, but I, I do think it's an important thing. It's a quote from Lou Lamoureux that he, uh, that he said, he did an article with, uh, he talked to Arthur Staple of the athletic. Uh, I just want to pull out a couple quotes that I read here. I don't want to read the entire thing. Cause I think you should go pay for the athletic. Um, so he go, Lou goes right now. We're focused on how we can keep our team together. 
right? Obviously, Barzell uh, is the big free agent of RFA as well as Ryan Pulak. And, you know, they, they signed some big deals, right? Uh, with Jean-Gabriel Pajot, they got Anders Lee, Josh Bailey, etc. Now, this is the other quote. This is the quote that really stood out to me, and I think it'll stand out to you as well. Lamorello added that he felt there would be, quote-unquote, a lot more players available than people think this offseason. And then he goes, so that would that could allow his team to scoop up a good veteran on the cheap before next season's unknown star. What does Lou Lamorello know that we don't? I don't know. You know, we always think, "Hey, we know Lou Lamorello." From you know, I I always I always thought he was a nice guy when I was a kid when I watched the Devils because he always talked about this is our family. Everyone takes a discount on their contract, kind of thing, and. We, we could kind of see like he's, he's a hard-nosed guy he's a guy that you know he's a tough negotiator that i think he's had to adapt his way but it's at the same time too that tradition is still there that he just knows he just knows the market so well he knows the other gm so well that mm. he is someone that i think that i don't what he kind of knows is He's gonna he's gonna tap into what these longtime guys, and I think you know not just the Johnny Boychuk of the team, but I think he's gonna be able to kind of move someone of significance to kind of reshape this team because I think he's dedicated to someone like Pajot, but I don't think he necessarily feels the same way that Garth Snow did of a Josh Bailey or a Brock Nelson. Yeah, so let me just say what their salary cap situation is. They have eight point nine million dollars in in cap space uh let's just assume thomas grice is all but gone you know they brought in Ilya sorokin um ryan pulak an rfa devin taze rfa both of them with arbitration rights and matt barzell is an rfa yeah how are they gonna get this done gotta carve out some money they're gonna have to trade someone and and i think they will Here's the thing with Lou, and I think the thing that the reason I talk, <laughs> the thing that got me that that I thought was the funniest part is that he knows he's going to sign someone for cheaper. He can trade yeah. Josh Bailey, or he can trade a third line guy like the Clutterbuck, like the Sezikis, like the Leo Komarov, and bring in a cheaper guy. Like, I mean, we don't know if he's going to hit free agency. Uh, Pat Maroon is going to yeah. be is potentially going to be a free agent. I love, listen, I'd love that guy on my team. I'm just telling you right now. Yeah. He's not going to the Leafs. I wish you, I wish. Replace Kyle Clifford. Well, let's see. Listen, let's see what, what uh, Pat Maroon's asking for. I think he's going to ask for a little bit of a raise after 900,000 and back to back. Listen, I'm not making, I'm not putting this out there as a conspiracy theory or anything. <laughs> if you saw his his Instagram story, he had Drake back to back. Let's put that backwards. Drake is from Toronto. Pat Maroon therefore, is Toronto confirmed. Therefore, Patrick Maroon is signing in Toronto. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He's signing for a discounted contract, but a promise of. Being sponsored by OVO. 
imagine imagine he, he comes to toronto he goes just because you play back to back in my in your instagram story ovo sponsorship everyone oh. comes off the bus with their suit and he has like the ovo jumpsuit on <laughs> just thinking of pat maroon doing that like he seems like the guy who would not do that <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it funny, though, right? That's what makes it funny. Um, anything else about the Islanders? I'm just going to hop on Twitter here and make sure that nothing has broke since. You know, like, I yeah. I don't like the Islanders. But the thing is, I have liked before, and I really respect Lou Lamorello. So for me to talk about this is just a weird scenario. <laughs> Because you know he's gonna do some shady things. Is that what you're saying? He just—he's gonna get away with something. Not a wait, like not a bad thing, but like it's just—he's gonna maneuver him his way out of this. Like, if I'm gonna dig deep even more, like I remember he was pretty aggressive during those Devils days, where he was aggressive on Patrick Eliash, on like Brian Gianta, on these guys that on Scott Gomez, these guys that are like threatened to leave, but then he's like, hey, fine, leave, and then things didn't work out. He's like, all right, you come back to the team or. Every time there was a big time free agent in New Jersey, like yeah. Brian Rafalski, Scott Niedermeyer, he didn't bring any of them back, but he still was able to field a competitive team. I know that, that that's the worst part is that they're gonna figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I don't like the most, is I know they're gonna figure it out. And I love some absolute chaos. Yeah. But Uh, last thing, I just saw it on Twitter. There's a parade. There's a no. parade for the cup final. Oh they're no! Gonna, it's, apparently, it's gonna be on. They're gonna be on the boat or whatever. So it's not gonna be on the bus. It's gonna be a waterfront parade. I mean, it's Florida. You saw. I'm assuming you saw the videos on Twitter yeah. of the packed in front Pretty of the dicey. stadium. So we're just gonna pretend like it doesn't exist. Okay, that's fine. That, like I don't know, I I'm kind of kind of speechless, and I see, have it here. Yeah. I actually I actually just retweeted this video, and let's see if I can uh, share my screen properly here quickly before we go. This video it's definitely messed up. Um, let's see if I can get this. Do you see my screen? I see your screen. Do you see what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Do you see the cup? And do you see they're pouring? liquid into everyone's mouths from the cup and if you want to see what we're seeing please check the youtube channel yeah so apparently coronavirus doesn't exist okay oh my gosh i'm just sometimes i feel like we're just never gonna get out you know tapa you had it going the lightning they had it going don't don't do this okay imagine this imagine this i'm just i want to i want to i saw it on twitter i don't remember who said it and I feel bad for stealing it, but I'm, I'm just going to give credit to imaginary person. The Tampa Bay Lightning win the the cup. The Blue Jay, the Tampa Bay Rays win the uh, World Series. And the Buccaneer, right? The Buccaneers are their NFL team wins the Super Bowl. You know, the wound's kind of flesh right imagine, now. Imagine. Fresh right now, you know, with the whole Rays kind of thing. No, but just imagine three parades. In Florida. In Florida. The epicenter of this pandemic. Yeah. It's okay. Casinos are open here, so that's all good. Okay, yeah, you know. Well, why not? Why, 
<laughs> Damn it. I'm that is kidding. a good thing. That is yeah. a good that no, I'm, obviously we're not we're not happy about that either. No. We're but, we're disappointed. <laughs> but I think that was a very good way of putting it. Uh, I just <laughs> I do have breaking news though. Okay. Uh, I, ju- I I saw it earlier, but nothing was confirmed. Uh, the QMJHL is now going to be handing out 15-minute penalties for fighting. Wow. I, I think that's uh, – especially in the juniors, like, there's no no need no need for then fighting. Then how are the enforcers going to learn their way through the league now? They, those guys don't exist. No. It's just Tom Wilson. It's a myth, like the Jedi – the Galactic Empire. That, you know what? Now we've gone too far. <laughs> okay. I think, I think I think we know that we've been recording for too long <laughs> when we get that type of reference uh, going. Um, yeah. I don't have anything else uh, written down. Nothing other than that was trending on uh, Twitter. Do you have anything else? Um, I'll do the outro, but before I go, one more thing. Congrats okay. to Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Very, very exciting. You guys really built an excellent team. And yeah, all I have to say for that is that they deserved it. They went through so much adversity in the last year and a bit that they were able to add. You know, I was very, very doubtful of the Barclay Goudreau and the Blake Coleman trades, like the amount of assets they were kind of giving up. But at the same time too, they're still so deep. This is a team that, I will be disappointed if they do not have a Chicago Blackhawks type of run. I think they can they can do it. I think so too. You know what the scariest part of all this is? What is we it? We don't we don't know when hockey's coming back. That's true. Are we gonna start going back to movie reviews? No. Okay. No, no. <laughs> There's gonna be free agency, the draft's coming. We're, we'll be uh We'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. Yeah. If not, we'll figure it out. Yeah, that's what we did during the pandemic. That's what we'll do during the second wave. We will adapt. Oh, yeah, yes, we okay. can and we will. We can and we will. Kyle Dubis, mm-hmm. Michael Scott. <laughs> All right, listeners, this has been fun. Yeah. Um, the return, well, subtle return of Adam. You know, he was called up for the two minutes forty-seven seconds, but that's okay because he still gave us an amazing contribution to this episode. Um, please check it out on, check us out on Apple podcasts, on Spotify, on YouTube. You should definitely check out the YouTube channel to see our excellent faces, our beautiful faces. Um, you know, put a voice to the face. You know what I'm talking about? And thank you to voice ed for, for writing us with a platform for this. We're always grateful. Um, if you liked anything, didn't like anything, please leave us a review and whether you liked it or not, please let us know why we will try to answer it. We will try to incorporate things into the show. You are always listening to what you guys have to say, but until next time, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Daniel. Mm -hmm. Have a good night guys.